Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you find the time when you can't find pause A confirmation watch your face is gonna open some doors You do what you gotta do Stumble through folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I am your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer. And this week we are talking about not getting what you want with Steve Peary. Hey Steve. Hi, how are you? I am so much better for seeing you. What? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, but genuinely, nice. like I was having, uh, I had to deal with some customers today in retail and uh, I'm glad I'm here. Was everything your fault? No, they didn't have proof of purchase and so I couldn't help them. So it was your fault. Yeah, definitely. Yep. In retail land, it's your fault. Yeah. Yep, cool. Well, everything is my fault. I know, you know what? It's fine. We're here. Uh, we've already had a bit of a problem with recording. There's a cat. <laughs> we've already hit podcast bingo. For those of you playing at home, uh, mm. we can now start the podcast. We've got yes. all the things ticked off. There was a false start as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a bonus episode. Uh, subscribe to Patreon. You have a Patreon, right? I don't actually. I gotta get on it. I should. Gotta I make should. that money. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I should do a podcast episode on how to have a Patreon. Great. Yeah. Done. Done. Do you yeah. want to do it? I don't know anything about Patreon. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I know you need to have one. Um, Steve, my friend, can you introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Yeah. So my name is Steve Peary. Uh, I'm a lot of things. I'm a husband and a pet owner, responsible pet owner. Very responsible. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm an amateur chef. Uh, I'm a lot of things, but I guess why I'm here today is because of what I do. Um, and I'm a, what I do is I write plays and I tell stories. I'm so glad that like you touched on all the other facets of your life in the beginning. I think I, too often I really do just define myself by this is the stuff that I'm doing to earn money or try to earn money in the future. Mm. And thank you for reminding me that that's not all of it. Well, it's, it's an interesting challenge, right? Because, like, you know, we're also, particularly in creative pursuits and what we do, we are our own product. So it's really hard to get out of the trap of, of constantly viewing yourself as a product. And... So that's, that's my new challenge that I'm trying to do for this year is to try and go, well, who I am isn't what I do. I have a lot of other stuff too. Like, that's true. Yeah. Plumbers don't call themselves plumbers in real life. That's what they go and do. And then they come home and be other people. Oh, that's right. Gosh. And I suppose, yeah, because like in the arts, it's so like, I am my work and my re- work sort of yeah. like reflects me and it's a, oh, it's, it's a tangled yeah. mess. And look, there might be a plumber listening mm. that, that is like that. Super Mario was a plumber who- Define himself by that, and he's mm. doing just fine. He is. So you know, chase your I dreams could. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I wish I could make a sound effect 
for Mario, but I what, mm. do, 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 do. Oh yeah, that's fine. Is that it? I okay. thought you were going to do an accent, and I was like, oh no, 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 no. no that's no. how. That's how we get. As Twitter would say, that's how we get cancelled. Yes. Uh, so no, <laughs> I've just never played. <laughs> cancelled culture's alive, everyone. <laughs> um, Steve, have you stumbled through anything this week? Um, I've stumbled through just a busy patch, and I'm mm. not saying that in that you know. Oh my god, I'm so busy, which mm. means that my life is going well. I'm just meaning there's a lot of shit to do. Mm. Uh, so I've just gotten through that, uh, and then it's back to my normal life, which is uh, study and just kind of ticking along, which is which is good. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm also on my own at the moment. My my mm. my wife is uh, currently down south working, so kicking butt. Yeah, yeah, she does all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, it's been an adjustment to kind of be on my own again and learn mm. to be, you know, in my own space. I think that must, I am, because I, you know, live with people at the mm. minute um, and I don't actually know if I could cope with living alone because I've never done it. Like I've traveled alone, yeah. but I've always been in like an Airbnb or something where there are mm-hmm. people around. I don't actually know if I can do the totally quiet thing. Maybe you should try it. I should. Maybe you should try it. Because I, I, I should. I well I, I have the safety of having someone come back, you know. But yeah. but in my own time I kind of rediscover things that I like and, and things mm. that, you know, um because, you know, mm. being in a in a loving relationship is great. Mm. Uh but we are both independent people as well. Mm. So it's Absolutely. actually a, a good time to rediscover the things yeah. that you you might not, you know, get your partner to come along with. So yeah. yeah, I'm. That's that's an important part of any healthy relationship, though. Totally. Right? Yeah. Even non-romantic relationships yeah. too. You know, you. Uh, yeah, it's it's an important thing. It is. Learn how to be yourself. Heck yeah. <laughs> 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 just just general tips for life. Learn how to be yourself and with yourself. Yeah. Well, it's just two rules. Where it's like the first one's be yourself. Second one is don't be a dick. Like that's yeah. That's it. That's that, that the is golden it. rules of the universe, guys. Mm. And uh, I have nothing else to cover in this podcast now. We, we've answered all the questions. Have we fixed it? <laughs> we fixed it. If we this fixed is serial, like we've solved it. This is done. <laughs> this is our Sarah Koenig moment where we wrap things up. Sorry, what? The Sarah Koenig moment where she wraps everything up in a bow at the end of Serial. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't listen to murder mystery stuff. You don't? No. See, I, I was a big Agatha Christie fan when you could watch Poirot on like TV reruns, but sure. I'm a scaredy cat oh, okay. and um, I, yeah. Game of Thrones is too much for me now. Yeah, sure. Okay. Very different. Serial is very different to Game of Thrones. I'll give you that. I but, in your uh, head. No, I get, no, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I, I'm actually not a true crime person myself either, mm. right? I feel weird about the ethics of it. Uh, I'm writing a show about it oh. and yeah, but we'll, we'll, We'll do plugs at the end. Yes. I'm so excited for plugs. The legitimately, like I, I plan my life around the plugs that come at the end of these shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so good. Good. Um, so now we're talking about not getting what you want, um, yep. which I suppose to some degree means failing. Um, how would you define failure? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I, I guess that is the definition, right? It's, yeah. it's setting out an objective for yourself mm. or something you know, we're going to talk, I guess, a lot through the lens of creative work today, mm. but it applies to anything where Absolutely. you have an idea of what you want yeah. to do, or if you know, if you're a five-year plan person or a mm. or a three-year plan, congratulations to you. I don't know how you do it, um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just getting to the point where you feel like you've not achieved as much as you thought you could. Mm. Do you think it? Um, how much do you think of it has to do with expectations, like internal or external? Is it like all expectations, or is part of it like? that 
um, what's that word that starts with an O? Objective, objective, yeah, not objective. So you're an objective failure, is, is like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I don't, I, well, I don't think it's mm. the case. I, yeah, I think, for, think. yeah, for me personally, um, it's it was all external, mm. and my my kind of path over the the last three years, I guess, as an artist, is uh, learning how to redefine what I want, mm. um, and for a long time, my sense of failure and my sense of um, not being where I thought I had to be. Uh, it's all external. And the biggest lesson that I learned is that every time that I felt like a failure is because I was comparing myself to somebody else. Um, mm, and it's just become, yeah, compare and despair. Like mm. that's the mantra for yes. every creative artist. And the, the moment you let go of that and the moment you let go of, you know, the horse race mentality where, you know, you've got to get ahead of somebody else or that your loss means someone else's gain. And that's really hard to to let go of because, yeah. because in some ways it is, you know, there's only so many spots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you look at it, yeah. you know, for me as a writer, you, you've got maybe 10, 10 companies in the mm. country that are capable of programming your work. Mm. Each one of them does, you know, six or seven shows a year. That's about 70 shows a year that mm-hmm. gets programmed. There are thousands of writers mm. each at a different stage and some further along and, and, and yeah. further developed in their career than you. So when you look at it that way, there's a certain amount of, of finite chances that you get. Yeah. So then the challenge is, is moving past that and going, well, what do I want to create for myself? Or what are the, what are my benchmarks? Mm. You know, is it, is it to finish something that you've written? Is it, you know, manage your expectations? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we all focus on like the big shiny thing at the end, but there's a lot of like little successes that come along the way, yeah. even if you don't get the big one at the end, like even if you don't get your work programmed, you mm. still finished it and then edited it and then refinished it in inverted commas. Yeah. And, you know, like there's still success in basically every failure though. Yeah. And it's redefining what making it is. Cause you hear about that mm. a lot too, about going, you know, and I, I went through it a lot too, where I was like, my, my, my goal was to get to, you know, I wanted, I wanted one main stage show. And it's like, mm. cool. Well, what does it mean after that? Like, I'm not going to wake up the next day and colors are going to be brighter and, no. <laughs> and sounds going to be clearer. Mm. So, so it needs to be less about my external achievements and rather about what I define for myself. Yeah, it's true because like you never, it's never like you get to the top of the mountain and go, yes, done. Yeah. It's always like, and there's the next thing. And the biggest myth is that never stops regardless of where you never. are in your career. Yeah. So you've got to learn to live with it. Mm. You've got to learn to have that shadow with you. And it's, and it's, it's a part of the duality and it, it pushes you further. Um, but it's just about developing a, re- a healthy relationship to failure, I yeah. think, because it's not going to go away. No, it never does. And no. like, I think the the fear of failure doesn't go away either. It just changes. Mm. Like Hemingway after he wrote, um, I don't know, Hemingway after he wrote something that was successful. No, you were doing so well. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it wasn't... I think it was like the old man of the sea or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they pulled this journal entry um, with, that he was writing to himself. And it's like, it'll be okay. Like you will write again, you will finish something again mm. and it will all be okay. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, and now I have to live up to myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look back at, you look back at books like meditations as well, where mm. it's like Marcus Aurelius. Oh my gosh. I love Marcus control, Aurelius. Yeah. Control, stoicism. Controlled a third of the world mm. and still had anxieties about people that people liked him. Right? So it's not yes. going to, it's not going <laughs> to. And yes, I feel gross because he never wanted people to read it, but, and, mm. and now it's kind of formed the basis of what we now know as self-help, but, mm. but it's kind of getting past that idea of going, everyone 
it doesn't matter what you think their status is or, or what, you know, um, or where they are compared to where you should be. Everyone has these anxieties. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like after the fall, because failure can yeah. seem like a very final, <laughs> yeah. sometimes fatal thing. Yeah. Um, how do we pick ourselves back up when it seems like, I don't know, sometimes when like I have failed to meet something or it just doesn't work out, it feels like the future's kind of like collapsed in front of me or mm-hmm. like the world is flat and I've come to the edge and I yeah. don't know what, <laughs> what this is happening. What, what, bleh. yeah. Um, well, it, it, the sad thing is that sometimes it is final, mm. but again, that's not always a sad thing. Um, how I've, I've, my relationship to failure has gotten better over the years, but my first one uh, was when I, my kind of benchmark one was when I was 17 and, and I had a really specific plan about what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, I was a 17 year old kid who liked drama. So I had it planned out in my head that I was going to go to like a premier drama school. I was going to mm-hmm. learn how to be a tortured artist. Um, and then I would come out and do super serious things. Yeah. And that would do, you know, a GQ profile on me and everyone mm-hmm. would talk about how I managed to make work through pain. Um, that's a bullshit idea. Anyone who prescribes the idea of a suffering artist, that's a lie. You need to look after yourself. Mm. Uh, and it's also a job. Yeah. It's just a job. It's, um, it's just another job. It is. It is. Yeah. And that's not to say that we don't love what we do, but it's just a job. Yeah. But um, yeah, so being 17 and then I went for my first audition uh, and they told me, they kind of looked me up and down and they told me that I, my posture was bad, which is true. Like in hindsight, it's true. My posture is terrible. Posture yeah. Right we both, we both just straightened uh. up. Um, <laughs> and, and I was, I was heartbroken and I, and I was an angry young man. So I was like, I'm not, I'm fuck mm. you then. I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. And then I took it a couple of years and then I managed to kind of through somewhere or another, I fell into like a, my creative community and started dicking around doing a few things. And I went back years later and uh, kind of re-entered it. So I think it, it's really up to you to define whether you want failure to be the end. Mm. It, it's really, it's really actually you yeah. who, who sets that thing of going, well, no, I'm, I'm going to pu- push through yeah. this and I'm going to pick up the thing. It's cause I mean, it's such a cliche where we, we take failure as a lesson, but sometimes cliches are, they work because they, yeah. they're true. That's, that's why they become cliches. That's why because they become like well the, There is a nugget of truth in there yeah. and it like, yeah. yeah. And some things and some things aren't in your control and everything that I say today comes with a healthy dose of confirmation bias mm-hmm. because what's worked for me hasn't might not work for people. I'm mm. for those of you listening, I'm I'm a I'm a able-bodied male, I'm a white male, so you know, I've had to jump fewer hurdles than than other people, but I think it's it's a fairly universal concept that you know we let these things uh either work to fuel what we want to do mm. um or we take them as a lesson. Yeah. And it's so interesting what you said about how you can decide whether that's the end. So it's not just like, this is what I have learned from this experience, Mm. which in some cases may be called a failure. Yeah. uh, And I'm going to choose whether I want to do it, but it's also that opportunity to reassess and go, okay. And having learned that lesson, Mm. do I actually want to keep going with this? Like, is that really what I want to do? So that's, yeah. And you can take, and you can take breaks. I, one of the, yes. one of the, one of the things that I'm the proudest of that I've made is of a result of me, I think well, it would be about five years ago saying, I'm, you know, my art doesn't make me happy. Mm. Uh, so then I, I, I quit. I 
you know, and I told everyone I was quitting and then I, I went. That's so terrifying. And then I, yeah. Oh, man. And that, that, would, that was oh. what made me accountable of going, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm actively withdrawing from, from the community that I built. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have done that in hindsight, but I went, I went back to where I lived. I'm, I'm from Toowoomba originally. And then I, I ended up just getting a random job and I was working in a funeral home. Um, and then, well, A, I think everyone should do it because it gives you a healthy dose of perspective on everything. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would have been, uh, I would have been 25 when I kind of handled my first person who had died. And then by the time I turned 26, I'd handle over 400. So Ooh. it was, it yeah. was a, it was a great thing to kind of be this artist in my mid twenties who was kind of angry about things not getting offered to me and, mm-hmm. and having this feeling is an equal part of, of self-loathing and entitlement. Mm. And it's a really poisonous combination. Um, it kind of helped to adjust that. And then I was yeah. also kind of, I used that year to create a work. Um, which was lovely. Yeah. Which is, is still in development. It's called return of the dirt. And it's about the year that I, that I spent in my hometown looking after all these people and, and it, it coincided with the year that I was getting ready to get married. So, um, yeah. So, it, but that's actually given me a work of art that I'm really proud of. And it's also yeah. changed my perspective as an artist to go. Um, I don't think, I don't think locking yourself away from an artist is, is the way to create art. I, I mm. could think of nothing worse than being a full-time artist because it would, I, I would feel mm. suffocated by that. I think in order to make good art, you need to be a participant in the world around you. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth Gilbert says that I think she absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of if anyone out there wants to loan me a copy of big magic, I have a copy of big magic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I, I probably will go out and buy a copy. It's well worth buying because you can dog ear it yourself. It's a very, yeah. It's a very underlinable book. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And she, she talks about being your own um, patron, being your own patron Yeah, and how like, in because the thing about art is that it's it takes money to make art mm-hmm. in a lot of cases mm-hmm. like we, we create magic because we make something out of nothing but like to actually make it happen mm. that takes money yeah and you kind of have to have it and it's very difficult to like make the money from it when you're starting to have the money to make the art to do you, do you see where and i'm going with yeah it, well it's, yeah. it is it's circular and and it's a similar case too, where you know you you can't really do anything with anybody else until you prove you can do it. So you, yeah, you've got to be right. you've you got to be your first yourself. yeah you've got to mm. be your first investor. Um, so you know, I'm I'm now kind of getting further along in my career because I've I've done a, a few things here and there that that people have noticed. I've been in the right place at the right time. Visibility has been a big thing mm. about going. This is me. This is what I'm about. This is my voice. And then people were like, okay, cool. What else have you got? Mm. Like that's that's how you progress. And there is no formula. And again. Elizabeth Gilbert, mm. you know, it's, it's really easy to say yeah. that when you've made Eat, Pray, Love and yeah. don't have, never have to worry like, about money she, again. Yeah. But, but, but the philosophy, but the philosophy mm. is there, you know, mm. and, and I think I, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to even bother quoting because mm. I'm going to butcher it, but Brené Brown talks about similar things too. Where, oh gosh, I love her. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That idea, that idea of backing yourself, mm. that's how you push through failure. Yeah. So, it, and that comes from, learning to kind of, of when to shut out the external mm. of when you go, cool, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be my, my own backer. Yeah. I don't need validation from people around me. It's about the art and myself. Yeah. That's a really like, it's more of a wholesome way to look at it too, because well, not a very wholesome, but also um, holistic. That's, uh, yeah, I was going to say holistic. Was, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I would like to, seeing as we're quoting wonderful people at the minute, uh, I would like, to talk about this quote from the Dalai Lama, um, which is like, not getting what you want can sometimes be a wonderful stroke of luck. Do you think that 
that is true or is it just kind of like necessary for us to believe or necessary to a certain degree for us to believe that, um, you know, sometimes things just weren't meant to be so that we don't wallow for too long. Like I think within, when we're looking at our personal narratives, mm-hmm. um, there has to be a certain degree of, I don't know if it's true or not, but it doesn't help me to like believe other things, if that makes sense. Mm, so yeah. it may not necessarily be true that, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be, or, um, you know, if uh, the, all those yeah, other kind of things. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I will, firstly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I'm not going to pick a fight with him uh, <laughs> no. on where he stands, but yeah, it, it's really interesting what you said there about, you know, it, it's not meant to be. And I, mm. I, I'm not a big believer in this idea of the universe providing and mm. all that kind of stuff. I think the universe has, if it is this kind of thing, mm. uh, I, I think it's got better things to do than to look out for, for yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> so. right? I feel like it's, it's not like, it's not like a, a benevolent or malevolent. It just is. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have feelings about and it. I get, and I get that it's kind of people's catch-all for, mm. for you know, serendipity and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but I I try not to do that mainly because I, I, I want to try and stay accountable for myself. Mm. Um, and, and you know, uh, again, there, there are things that are out of my control as an artist, but there are definitely things that are. And that's mainly what I'm, what I'm choosing to create. And, and as long as I can stay true to that, and and work on my own craft, then hopefully things fall into place. And and then, but I've already done what I've wanted to do, which is tell the stories that I've wanted to tell. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Like the, that yeah. is the most important thing yeah. to do what you want to do to make the art that you want to make and to live the life that like, yeah. you know, to build a life that you want to live, not to live in someone else's mm. version of an ideal and I've, and whatever. It, you know, I've, I've, broken my own rules a ton of times I've compromised and I've, yeah. And I've done, (laughs) and I've done things that I'm, I'm not necessarily proud of for money and Mm. particularly, particularly in a creative pursuit. Uh, and I found that those are the ones that always end up feeling like work. Mm. And so again, that's why I would suggest to everyone that they have a life outside of their art because then you don't have to worry about your art paying the bills. And there's not so much pressure on the art as well. Like yeah, it makes you hate it. Yeah, that's why. That's why oh I left God. it because I was like, I, I'm. Mm. It's making me really angry. I'm getting angry at mm. um, myself. I'm getting angry at what's being made around me, um, with with no real reason. It's just because it was just making me really unhealthy. And yeah. now I think I've I've gotten close to finding a balance. Well, I, yeah, that's that's amazing. And I think like, you know, we we kind of go in and out of balance and there'll be like times when it goes the other way. And it's like, okay, just have to bring it back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Now it is time for the things I've never said segment where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So the first one we have today is um, I find failure so frustrating purely because I constantly tell others how much failure is so important for growth and how failure is not the enemy. Yet I can't implement that same thinking into my own life. (laughs) <laughs> yep. yep. No, I feel that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's so as, much easier to say yeah. than it is to believe. As the kids would say, same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can say that. I'm no longer in my twenties. Um I I agree. I, I I think it's not it's not so much about thinking about failure not being the enemy. Cause it, it, if you can it, hear that, there's a cat behind us. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing, but she's living <laughs> her best life. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think 
yeah, it's not about n- making failure your friend. You don't want to be friends with a failure, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just about learning to cohabit. It's like a bad housemate, I guess, where it's, you know, you're both in the situation mm-hmm. together. Um, you just pick and choose how you choose to engage with it. Yeah. Um, but it is hard to take your own advice. Absolutely. But, it's the hardest advice to take is yeah, the advice that totally. you can give. Yeah. Totally. It's really easy for me to sit here in front of the mic and be like, no, don't worry about it. But but in all seriousness, it's about it's about redefining the relationship. Mm. Um, it's, you know, yeah. nobody escapes failure. No one. No one escapes failure. No but one. The difference, the difference that in how it affects people is how people choose to either accept it and then move on or, or give themselves some sort of closure from that. Mm. And go, all right, cool. What's next? What else can be done? I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how um, Roger Federer, when he was um, just starting out, uh, he used to throw these terrible, terrible tantrums Mm. because he'd get so angry when he like missed a shot or something. Yeah. And then he learned how to like sort of reset after he dropped a point or something. Mm -hmm. And that is what made him great. Like he had the talent and he had the skill, but the fact that he could you know, deal with failure and have that conversation yeah. with it and be like, okay, we're done now. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. If it's, yeah. Even if it's a, is that giving yourself mm. a timeline to go, all right, I'm going to give myself this day. Yeah. To wallow. To, to get really mm. fucking angry at myself mm. or angry at whatever's happened or whatever's out of my control. But the key is momentum. Yeah. It's motion. Cause once you stop, it gets harder and oh harder gosh, to start right? again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the second one we have is, um, In regards to failure, oftentimes I tell myself that I didn't achieve said goal or whatever, because obviously I didn't deserve it because I hadn't done enough. I hadn't done enough in prep to earn it. Mm. It can turn toxic. It can turn into a toxic headspace pretty quick when you get setback after setback. Like, Mm. well then do I deserve anything? Yeah. That is a tricky one. That really sucks. And I'm I'm sorry if that's, I'm sorry that's how you feel right now. Uh, I think if that's word, how you've sent that through. Um, the, de- the word deserve is something that yes. sticks out to me because like yeah. everyone deserves to be loved and to have all their basic needs met and to mm. be like, if everyone deserves to succeed. And if you didn't put in the work, well, that just means that you need to put in the work next time. But I think the word deserve is like. Deserves final. Mm. Uh, and, and again, it, it goes back to this idea of going, okay, cool. Objectively, if you haven't done the work, then then mm. that's fine. That that is yeah. a lesson for next time, or or maybe it's because there's there's some other part of your life that you need to address where mm. you go, you know, is the reason um, that I'm doing this the night before? Mm. Uh, if if I'm if I've got this deadline the day, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. up at two a.m. trying to finish it, what was the cause of that? Is it generally because I'm time poor, or is it because I'm putting this idea of? Um, is there something behind that fear yeah. of, of putting things to the last minute? I think I think people talk about the fear of failure a lot, but I think the fear of success yes. is uh, is something that's a lot more pervasive in people. And, mm. and we the don't idea about it as much. no, no. And then there's all those sorts of things like imposter syndrome and all that kind of mm. stuff, which again, nobody escapes. Everybody feels that um, absolutely. That dude who played Tarzan with Margot Robbie, like oh, he gave an interview. Alex Garsgård, yes, yeah, right, him, yeah, cool. Um, he was saying how he constantly feels like someone is going to come and tap him on the shoulder when he's on set and go, wait, mate, the, the real hero. Yeah. We here. know your secret. Yeah. 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 We know you're making it up. Yeah. And and he's from a family of, of, of people in the same industry as him too. So oh. there's, there's that as well. Um, but yeah. So just going, just going back to that idea of going, there might, if, 
if specifically it's because you feel like you haven't done enough work, mm. maybe look at that objectively and go, okay, cool. Well, this is, there's a cause behind this. Mm. Um, is it something I need to go and talk to someone about or is it, you know, is it something that I can work on developing? So the next time I'm not in this position. Yeah. And also I feel like, you know, maybe you can also go back to um, the last time you did something like it and then go, okay, but did I do more work than I did the last time? Because mm. then that's still an incremental like improvement yep. on what you did the last time. And that still shows that you're, you know, like doing the thing. Yeah, can you, It's about controlling the things that you have agency in. Yes. And like learning to be at peace with the fact that you can't control everything yep. and that, you know, yeah. Yeah. So the final one we have is um, sometimes it's the best lesson in letting go. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, we kind of touched on that before, how failure can give you that opportunity to reassess what you really want yeah. and what your values are. Yeah. And, and, and why as well, you know. That's right. The, the why can be. Yeah. About yeah. why, about going, yep, yeah, cool. I think we, just because of the nature of what we do and, and you're so caught in trying to, to go for the next project or go for the next thing, it's really important to kind of stop and reassess and go, oh, well, why, why do I want to do this? Mm. Um, and also calculating the worth and go, I used to, I used to really look down on people who had kind of quit or it left. Cause I was like, well, clearly you just didn't have it. But nowadays mm. I, I actually, I really admire it mm. um, because it's about acknowledging where you are now and going, is this, is this making me happy? Mm. Is this making me healthy? Is this um, an accurate representation of, of what, what I want to do. Yeah. And that shifts, you know, who, who I wasn't as an artist at 23 when I wrote my first play is, is completely different to who I am now. Um, and my objectives for the artist are really different now too. Yeah. So if it is, if it is final and, and you go, cool, all right, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not fulfilling me. It's not, it's not making me happy. Mm. Um, then yeah. I think, I think there's real power in accepting that and Absolutely. moving on to the next thing or, or using it to shape the next step. Absolutely. And I think yeah. there's like, if, if you realize that what you are doing is no longer serving you or like the life that you want to lead mm. and it's not something that you want to, there is no shame in being like, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. Absolutely. I, I think that that's like you were saying, like it's a very powerful thing to be like this right here now, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And once, and once you learn to, to shut out the external on that too, and, and other people's expectations of you, um, yeah. or, or what you think they are. Yes. Like because, what do people actually expect? Cause normally when yeah. Yeah, you'll just tell people and they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. As long as you're happy. Like that's, that's the thing about it. But we have an idea in our heads about what other people are expecting or, or yes. what they think of us. Mm. And we're not really thinking about us at all. No, because everyone is <laughs> Everyone's too, worrying about themselves. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're all like so involved yeah. in our own inner worlds and crises that we don't mm. have time to be looking over there at Bob or whatever. Yeah, and, and just the idea, like we, we talk about these things ending, you know, it, it, it's become really easy to consider ourselves in, in the personal narrative and our lives aren't stories. Mm. You know, there are, there's no beginnings or endings. It's just kind of moving on into the next thing. Mm. Um so once you let go of that as well, that idea that, you know, I'm closing this chapter forever and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to mm. be a designer anymore. You know, if that's not what you want, that's fine. Then you just, you know, hold it tightly and let it go lightly. That's. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say at this point, thank you. That was very wise. There is a cat in a box next to yeah, us. Yeah, there's a cat in a box. And um, I'm just going to put it on the floor while I ask you, Steve, um, yeah. What would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? 
Oh, what would I do? Um, I would put money into my own bank account. I think that would be the thing. If I'm like, I'm going to put money into my, I'm going to put $10 into my bank account. And then other people have to do that. And then I'm a rich man. And then I, excellent. That's fine. Uh, No, in in all seriousness, uh, I was doing, I was doing a workshop this week. And one of the questions that I had kind of, because it was talking about voice and talking about writers' voices. And um, part of that is is learning to develop your sight in in what you see around the world. And one of the, one of the provoking questions that I had for everyone was when was the last time you felt empathy to a stranger? And I actually couldn't answer it myself. So I think that's probably what I would do. Uh, I would, I would try and maintain my curiosity about the world around me. Cause I think when we're curious about the things around us, that's when we develop our empathy and that's when we start learning again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve, for like talking to me so eloquently about that and for right. being so frank, um, with, you know, your, your experiences and everything. That's, yeah. It's so, so wonderful. Thank yeah. you. That's all right. And if you've just yeah. started listening now, failure sucks, but sometimes it doesn't have to. That's kind yeah. of, we've just summarized that. There you go. <laughs> well, That's the five um, second podcast. Cool. Um, so I will just delete everything that came yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it was kind of just a first draft and we're ready to go now. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, you, you have to do your trash draft before you do your first draft. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Where can we find you and do you have anything to plug? Uh, so everything, everything in development at the moment is in development. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's probably not much I can give you there, mm-hmm. but, uh, Oh, I'm I'm not active on social media, but you can find me on Instagram at by Steve Perry. It's mostly just pictures of my dog. The dog is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's dog a rat. Dog is Midge. Yeah, we she's like a her. she's a she's a tiny bug and she's a rat bag. And <laughs> um, but you can also find uh, copies of uh, two of the, two of the plays that I've written: uh, Jane and Cal Go to Hell and Escape from the Breakup Forest, which is the very first one. It's like reading my diary. Uh, <laughs> at a very different time in my life. Uh, those are both at playlab.com.au. Uh, so if you want to read a bit about what I'm about. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. And Beautiful. oh, and if you're getting married, I also do weddings. Yes. So Steve is also send, a celebrant. Send me an email. You can just Google that. You'll find me. Beautiful. Cool. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. And thank you all for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott. Music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook at StumbleThroughPodcast. Thank you all so much. Have a lovely day. We'll see you soon. Bye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates, moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. Oh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.